What's up, Dunwoody? Uh, we've been a bit slow with putting out shows recently. Uh, Rock the Woody party took up a lot of Justin's time, and uh, I just had his fifth child a few weeks ago. It's my sixth nephew, and we're all super in love with little Liam. I've been busy with this hot real estate market. Uh, this is my second full year being licensed. The first year is always tough. Nobody wants to use a brand new agent because you suck, and your friends don't want to refer you because they know you just started. Uh, the second year, though, has been really fun. The summer's been real busy, uh, but the friendships that I've made and the confidence that I've gained from hard work has been life-changing for me and my family. But we've also slacked on putting out podcasts, which is the reason that you are here. So we went hard this week recording six new shows. We're going to try to continue to put them out weekly. Upcoming weeks will feature Steve Fortenberry and Melissa Humphreys from the Dunry High School's Game On campaign. They've raised like $800,000 for the school for the stadium. Steve Fortenberry does so much more for the high school. He's in charge of the Academy of Finance. He does Dunwoody Dads. Mark Gallegos from Dunwoody Music is the guy behind Dunwoody Idol and Battle of the Bands. You may have seen him seen the performances at Lemonade Days in the past few years. Bill Grossman from Food Truck Thursdays at Brook Run Park was one that I was really excited about. Um, and yesterday we sat down with Mayor Donna Pittman from Doraville. She's got some really exciting stuff happening at the uh, assembly plant, the old GM Doraville plant. There's also a giant with 420,000 square foot home improvement mega mall called Improve coming in soon. So I'm sure that my wife Sasha will always be there and spending our money. So anyway, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of these future shows. Today we'll feature Adrian Duncan. Adrian is the president of the Dunwoody Homeowners Association. She's really in the middle of everything Dunwoody. Um, was full of so much information that we had to split up into two shows. So without further ado, here's part one of Adrian Duncan. What's up, Dunwoody? Welcome back to the What's Up, Dunwoody podcast. Now we just now we just jump in, don't we? Yeah, let's jump in. All right, this is Matt and Justin. Matt, the realtor, Justin, the pool guy, still pooldues.com. And we're here today with Adrian Duncan, and Adrian has lots of stuff to say about the DHA. She is the current DHA president. Yep. And um, in the middle of everything Dunwoody, so. But nobody wants to hear about the DHA, do they? All they want to know is about where to go for Halloween, and that is Briars North, which is your neighborhood. Briars North subdivision in District Three, off of Tilly Mill Road. It's, yeah, yeah, and it's the that, hot spot it's, every Halloween. It's insane. It's it's abs- It's it's sardine people from what time to what time on Halloween night? Halloween uh, officially begins with trick or treating at six o'clock. And everybody's out of candy, and we shut the lights off by 8.30 or 9. That's crazy. So, right. It's a yeah. rush, too. I mean, there is, it is. It's jam-packed. But it's not even a it's not even a trick-or-treat thing. It's the level that you guys, everyone builds something. I mean, it's, did you know that when you went into the neighborhood? Yes. When we were shopping for homes here, the agent told us that this was very popular. And this is a case of a neighborhood just spontaneously growing a tradition. The way Halloween began, the blue house on the corner with the stained glass over the door, uh. that guy worked for a studio a film production company. One year, he just brought home a bunch of props and set them around the house. And people stopped. Then the next year, more people decorated. And more people came by. And on and on and on for the past 15 years. And we can count on about 5,000 people trick-or-treating on an average night. Yeah, there's like buses dropping kids <laughs> off and stuff. I've I never mean, seen buses dropping anyone off. Yeah, oh yeah, there are. There are? Yeah, and oh, then okay. there's a lot of people. I mean, they'll park all the way to my house and walk. <laughs> I mean, there's 
It's just tons of people. Crossroads Baptist got with the program a little while back and charged $5 for parking. Sometimes they'll have a food truck up there. Yeah. So you have legal parking. Don't tick off the other neighbors. You know, yeah. I, we post this every year. Please park legally. Uh, if somebody have, puts cones out in front of their house, don't bother them. Don't park on lawns. But, you know, park legally and beyond that, have fun. Matt, you're, you're the neighborhood across the street, so it's within walking distance. In one year... I remember there was this, it was like bumper to bumper cars. And I was like, what is going on? And so we were walking to it, I think. And and when I finally figured out what the, the jam was, it was because there was cars on both sides of the street and two cars were just facing each other. Yeah. Like all those people were just stuck. Smart moves. Yeah. <laughs> Starting in August, whoever's coordinating that year, they call Dunwoody Police. They fill out their paperwork. They try to get traffic directed and the police know about it. So if there's a problem, Problem with parking on the street, Dunwoody police are your friend. Yeah. And you can put signs out and warn people, and if people don't obey it, bye bye car. Yeah. But you don't have to because there's legal parking up at the church, there's legal parking uh, in some parts of the street. There are some, the Madisons will charge for parking sometimes. So you can park, you can carpool, there's plenty of ways you to get start there. charging for parking. You do need to do yeah. that. You're a <laughs> prime legal. location Why over not? here. <laughs> I mean, what what are some of the biggest um, things, though, that people have built? I, I remember one year there was like a whole Dexter uh, yeah. homage. That's one that sticks out to me, too. Yeah, because it was yeah. scary. I mean, in, they're frightening. In general, uh, things aren't quite as intense as Dexter. That was a one-off. Uh, <laughs> my my front yard becomes Shrek Swamp. I'm Princess Fiona. Okay, I do know your house. Though. Yes, yeah, you do know. Okay. It's, the, people, it's the teal house. People who like us call it the candy house, and people who dislike us call it the blue horror. <laughs> but uh, 10 days before Halloween, my husband builds an outhouse in the middle of the yard. I jokingly call that my tribute to code enforcement. And I have a fake stop work order from code enforcement to nail on it. People really? think it's real. <laughs> and uh, the biggest ones that I've seen, one of the houses down the street from us, the other blue house, has a giant pirate ship that's a couple stories high, almost as tall as the house. Next previous neighbors next door to us did the nightmare before christmas a couple doors down is the wizard of oz so not everything where is do they put that scary. stuff like during the year garage basements under the deck it has to take up a whole parking spot in the garage i mean not necessarily we have a system to uh, break down the outhouse and shrek's house and it's numbered pieces like a jigsaw puzzle and they're hanging on racks on the wall in the garage yeah and we have a little system where we take it down put it up you know on the lawn and then we disassemble it and stack it back when halloween's over Wow. Have you ever talked to anybody that moved in that had no idea that this is... They just I, didn't realize the scope of it. Maybe they had heard about it, but they didn't. I have, it, it can ruin your day if you're not ready for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it can. You can't get to your house. I have... Uh, well, first off, bef- everybody can get to their house because starting in October, or starting in late September, actually, whoever's coordinating will send out an alert to all of the mem- the homeowners this is coming. This is what's going to happen. This is when the street gets shut down. If you're outside the uh, the neighborhood and you want to get in, here's a parking pass to put on your car and you'll be allowed in. Oh, okay. And But if you have an ounce of sense, get there before 5 o'clock or yeah. you're going to be running over kids. Yeah. There are people who will start. It, it's a public street. So people will start looking at the uh, decorations and waiting for candy to come out. And so it, it's become well known enough that the agents know that you want to tell people before they move in there because some people really have a philosophical problem with Halloween, either a religious difference or if they're just not into it, you either want to be somewhere else 
or maybe you want to think about buying a house someplace else because one way or another this is going to happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's no stopping it now. No. And don't bring your dog either. You guys no, have signs up. We but do. The first time I brought my dog and she was terrified. There was people just everywhere. Terrified, and... stepped on. We yeah. don't want the dogs to be scared. I mean, we don't want the dogs to get hurt, lost, run over, whatever. So please leave your dog at yeah, home. My dog had anxiety hours. anyway. I brought her. I was like, "This no. is a bad idea. I gotta go back." Your dog has anxiety. I couldn't yeah. tell. <laughs> <laughs> this is a different dog. This is worse, actually. They raised the salary of the um, people picking up signs. There's, you know, temporary signs are a topic that a lot of people are very sensitive to, and they think it draws away from the aesthetic. Then you run up against First Amendment in some places. Then you've got the overlay district in the village where, because there's so much traffic going through there, people want to put signs out. And there are some people who think that code enforcement should be more proactive. They did come to a DHA meeting and promise that they were going to be more proactive, and some people think that they're not. And I guess they gave some people raises yesterday, and that caused a stir. Yeah. It says if you're you're getting a raise, why? Are you doing more work? Are you doing better work? That's a question that comes up with every government. What what do you think the line is? I mean, there's obviously, like, the commercial stuff. If someone's putting up signs for, like, Bitcoin or something like that, take it down. But, like, uh, like Lost Dog Dot. I mean, those Mm -hmm. signs papered parts of Dunwoody for months and months. I mean, it got to the point where, like, Kids were just bummed out seeing the sign, and at the point you go, "Come on, give up on the dog." Well, it's- part part of it is you got to remember where you are in Dunwoody in general. If you're in private property and you want to stick up a sign, knock yourself out. Like I've got a chestnut 50th anniversary sign in my yard. Take it down. <laughs> Call up the. <laughs> we, we lost ours. We spent a hundred bucks on that. And we lost it before we got home. Oh man! <laughs> How did you, you lose do that? It? I don't know. I think I just put it down in orientation. <laughs> And just put it on the roof of your car and drive off? Yeah, no, I don't know where it's Just throwing money away. Yeah, yeah. But there's... It's all about the contribution. Yeah, I got you. But part of the biggest problem is the overlay district in the village. Popular topic these days. And one of the overlay district regulations is no temporary signs. Period. The end. Goodbye. And that's why there's a problem with this is because they are being blatantly put by businesses that exist in the overlay and they're not supposed to be there. Right. And that's why people are upset. It's like, you know, this is happening. Uh, I've gotten pictures of people putting them out and I've sent them over to uh, community development. And so when you have these, you know, rules, they, they, uh, code enforcement should be enforcing them. Personally, I think the sign code is a little too strict. I think there should be at least designated areas where if a business has a promotion, you have this signage area or a grace period for when a new business starts up and they're, they want to put out a sign that says, hey, we're open. Mm-hmm. I think a short grace period before and after opening would not be out of line. But again, if whatever regulation you have, you've got to be able to monitor it. And yeah. there's a group of people out there who says that it's not being done. Yeah, there was a group of people that said there was one guy doing it all. I don't know if it's one. There was at one time. I was under the impression that there are a couple more people on his team now, but I'm not in City Hall. I don't know for sure. Yeah, I just saw a stir about it this morning. It feels like a one-person job to me. I could drive all around Dunwoody every single day and take down the signs. And that's not not, just kind of fun. And that's not just. (laughs) (laughs) It's not just a Dunwoody problem. I mean, every municipality has problems with, uh, you know 
hot singles here signs. Don't say or... open house signs. Nobody's <laughs> <laughs> got a problem with that. <laughs> Why would you know something about open yeah, I house did signs? Know there? A couple about them. <laughs> Um, all right. It feels like one of those profession, professions off the onion where they where they have the captions for the people and then it says underneath what they did, sign remover. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, tell us how you got on the Homeowners Association board. Oh, that was a long story. Um, I saw the, little, when, the Bill Grossman story. Where... The Bill Grossman story, that was funny. When my husband and I first moved to Dunwoody, we learned everything just by talking to people nearby and just seen what we saw and of course when you do that you know everything right mm-hmm. wrong you might get the wrong answer we made fun of the dha we made fun of the overlay uh regulations we uh joked about how the water tower behind the bank doesn't match the williamsburg bank out front uh we just had a field day and i had was involved with the chamber of commerce after the city started up and historically uh the urban legend is that the DHA is against business growth, that there's this divide between residential and commercial. There isn't. They're pretty symbiotic and there's a lot of overlap. But that was the impression. And there was a time when the Dunwoody patch, the AOL news service, was actually pretty respectable for a short time. And I got into a spat with Bill over whether the DHA was overreaching with its anti-business regulations. And he knew I was completely wrong. But hey, I knew everything because I talked to my friends, right? Yeah. And we went at it for a little while back and forth. And eventually I said, hey, back off, buddy. I don't have to take this from you. And there's a number of things that Bill could have done. He could have blown me off. He could have cursed me out. He could have done any number of things. The one thing he did was ask me out for a cup of coffee. And that completely changed my impression because we sat down. I remember my son was still a newborn at the time and we sat in Starbucks and, you know, I'm holding my son and we're talking about what he was doing on DHA. A lot of things that I didn't know. And I thought I'm starting to think and, you know, it's, it's a pretty hard thing to do. It's like, oh my God, maybe I was wrong about this. That's, that's, I told everyone. (laughs) And, uh, so at the end of that conversation, he invited me to join the board. I'm looking around for Ashton Kutcher and the punk team because this had to be a setup. There's no way he's asking me to join the board of this after we just, you know, had this talk and he just met me and we just got over, you know, ripping each other's hair out and, uh, fighting over it. And so I sat around there and said, I'll, I'll think about this. And that's when I started going to meetings and really learning what was going on and really hearing what the conversations were. And they were very different from what I thought. So yeah, it looks like I was probably wrong in <laughs> talking to friends and things. And you made up for it with all of your work. Yeah. <laughs> Remember what Ken Wright said, if you want to change something, bring it in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a couple months later, I accepted his invitation and I was added to the board while he was president. And uh, how many years later was it? I think about five years later, I was, uh, I got a phone call asking if I would be, accept a nomination to exec board. Gotta be a drunk dial. Bill, it's too early for this. <laughs> different Bill. Not Bill Grossman, different Bill. Yeah, it, it, it's too early to drink this much. You, you Go sleep it off. No, really, you, uh, we, we'd like you to be on the exit board. He was the time, right? Who? The Bill. Different Bill. Different Bill, okay. Different Bill. Uh, too many Bills. Yeah. And so I accepted it. I was elected. And then you learn even more about what goes on. Uh, how decisions get made. Uh, how we make contact with different entities who want to influence Dunwoody or do business here or uh, concerns of residents. And last year I was the treasurer because it's a job that had to get done. 
And last year when Rob said, I've had three years, I'm done. I am not going to do this another year. And I looked around and said, okay, um, who's in the best position to step up? You know that scene in Harry Potter where <coughs> Hagrid asked for volunteers and everybody else stepped back? Yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't quite that dramatic, but reality check, I was in the best position to take on that role. My time was flexible. I had the background. Uh, being treasurer, I was really involved with how plans were made. And then... Well, nobody objected. Yeah, if nobody burned a, anything down. If there's not a vice president, tradition, I would say tre treasurer's the next one, next best one in any organization because they know what you know, almost how it survives. Mm -hmm. Yep, and that's how I came to be sitting where I am now, talking to you, gentlemen. Well, tell tell everybody about the DHA because from what I see, DHA is kind of a way for developers and people to come to you guys before they go to city council? Is that kind of how that's, you see that's it? That's one element of it. DHA advocates for a wide range of homeowners' needs. And, and, it, and it was formed that way before incorporation, right? That's right. So this was, was back in 1970. Instead of protecting the Cab County, you were protecting Dunwoody. Right. And, and again, protecting is not exactly the right word. It's more of advocating, of giving a voice when, for the people, when the a response you know, was needed. And this was back in 1970 when, you know, the county was starting to grow. And this is when the farmland was being sold off to developers for houses and neighborhoods and perimeter mall. And so the population was beginning to grow. You had a lot of people migrating in from other parts of the country and the character was starting to accelerate in change. Mm -hmm. So that's when people needed to speak up because Decatur is down here. The Dunwoody community is up here, and you needed more talking between the two. At the time, I think the biggest issue was whether Ashford Dunwoody should be expanded to four lanes, mm -hmm. as opposed to the two-lane highway that it was originally. Yeah. And we need to go back to two lanes. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. Then what would that? Nothing would move. Nothing would move. <laughs> Thank you. We just call, just call it a parking lot and be done with it. Um, we need a dome over Dunwoody is what we need. <laughs> right. So we hear if there's a concern from the neighborhood, if developers or companies want to come in and develop something in Dunwoody, they have a direct channel to the homeowner community. And that's why this Sunday coming up, we have, I'm blanking on the name of the developer, but they're going to be uh, talking about a... Uh, no, not Krim. This is, Krim did come and talk to us mm -hmm. about Dunwoody Village, but uh, this developer is talking about uh, rezoning to a higher density over on Roberts Drive across from Austin, right. and they want to come in and do their initial talk with the community. And what's really great about this is instead of picket lines and lawsuits when a developer wants to do some wants to make a development and people object to it, you sit down and talk across a table. We find, they find out what's going on beforehand. How are people going to handle this? Maybe they can adjust it. Maybe it's not a good idea after all. There have been times when developers have pulled plans because it just wasn't going to work based on the feedback that they got. Mm -hmm. So this is the kind of collaboration that is a fantastic success. Very rarely is anybody suing at each other. You don't have to call in lawyers. Just sit down and talk and build your plans from the beginning with that community engagement, and everybody's a lot likelier to be successful. Yeah. And that then, about sums it up. <laughs> and then, of course, you've got the community events, the original events that 
uh, people look for in Dunwoody, the parade uh, and light up were initiated by the DHA. They just started out as community things and then the DHA was able to grow it into a unifying community series. Uh, it started with the, with the parade in 1995 and then light up Dunwoody came some years later and then Bill came up with the idea for food trucks and added that on mm -hmm. and then uh Mariana Damey was brought in to start up the farmer's market she did a great job with that she did mm -hmm. she did she's been on the show yes I know <laughs> I listened don't worry yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that many so <laughs> <laughs> but uh when if you th this has been my experience like i described before you can't learn what's going on if people don't talk to each other now what does talking to each other mean it does not mean in a silo of certain people who agree with you and then ignore everybody else who thinks differently we have a much more diverse community than a lot of people want to give Dunwoody credit for and you're not going to be able to find solutions or have a peaceful coexistence if people don't talk to each other. Mm -hmm. Well, you got to get them in the same place. Food yeah, trucks. That's true. Yeah, that's true. And you're you, just at your in general at your meetings. It's just set up different than when you're at the city hall. You know, when you're mm -hmm. at city hall, that you get like what a minute to speak and that kind. And of it's thing. a one-way conversation. Yeah, Every mayor not... has said this. It's a one-way conversation. Here, you've got a real dialogue. Right. Uh, developers or any whatever company it is, you have to look people in the face and. And you have to hear what they have to say and you have to answer. I bet your meetings have gotten out of hand before too though, right? People yelling. I've and... been trying to <laughs> keep that under wraps. I like nice, calm, orderly meetings where people act like adults. Yeah. I've seen meetings get heated and people get upset. It's okay to be upset. It's, we're adults, we can contain ourselves, and yeah. we can direct that in a mature way. Well, the, I thought the Krim one was going to get out of hand, and then that guy, he took it real well. And he did. God bless Archie. I he felt knows, so bad for him. Archie knows he's a guy in a tough spot at a tough time, and they understand that with uh, a desire for a rebirth or a, a new direction for Dunwoody Village is there. Um might just but, take longer than he thought. Maybe. Right. And the, the guy lives down the street, too. <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing. When developers live in Dunwoody, they don't get a pass. Yeah. The, the, way the, <laughs> the way the public looks at them is, if you live in Dunwoody, you know what our issues are. You know the line of thinking from the different directions. You're, you should count that in before you bring in an idea that you know is going to get blowback. Yeah. He's yeah. wanted to get it done sooner than later, I think. Sure, and I mean, I don't blame him for that. Time is, is a long process. Time is money, and, yeah. you know, just like for every person who says, take a wrecking ball to it, it's horrible, there's somebody else who'll put their body in front of that wrecking ball to prevent any change at all. Yeah. And you can't say, oh, you like this old-fashioned thing, we have no need of you, shut up and go away. You can't tell people to shut up and go away. Nobody's going anywhere, yeah. and they're not going to be quiet. And that's why... I take the approach of trying to find the middle of the Venn diagram. There's a little spot in there that will make everybody happy or make everybody content. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you're not going to eliminate somebody who thinks a certain way and expect that it's going to work well in the long run. Right. So what do you think of the gas station look of Dunwoody? The gas station look? Can I be really honest with you? Yeah, that's what we're, we're here I for. I so don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I personally, it, it doesn't affect me one way or the other. There are a lot of people who feel very strongly in different ways, and I try to accommodate that. And I think that puts me in a good position to be the moderator because 
I'm not invested one way or another. Now, I think the successful solution to what happens with the Domini Village overlay is going to be one that adds to the regulations that are in place. Not as in adding more regulations, but adding elements that will expand the use, expand the image, but not completely destroy what was there before. Right. Because I was very... There still needs to be some constraints, I feel Right. Um, And the first thing you have to remember is this is all privately owned land. Mm -hmm. This is all privately owned property. If they don't want to do something, they don't have to do it anyway. Corporations have rights. And the first right they have is to tell you to stick your master plan. Mm -hmm. And I remember when those master plans were written up, I thought they were presumptuous as anything. Because if somebody decided that they were going to camp outside my house and look around my property and decide how they were going to develop it, uh, I tell them to buzz off. Same, yeah. same as you guys. You know, you, mm-hmm. And well, they're in the same boat. They may be corporate, it may be commercially zoned, but it's still private. Mm-hmm. So we're still working on getting with, uh, with uh, Regency mm-hmm. and the other owners and seeing what's going to be good for business for them, what's going to be uh, attractive for the community to make them you know, love it and want to invest in it both personally and financially, and it's a middle of a Venn diagram. It's there. It's gonna, you know, when you have this many perspectives, it takes a little while to find it, but it's there. Yeah, and Regency is being cool with the whole thing. I mean, they do. What do they? What do they think about it? You know, I've only seen a couple of conversations go back and forth, but there were specifics related to accommodating restaurant needs. Okay, I don't think that would be a big deal. I, I did think that the original constraints were too much when Brewster's wanted to have a walk-up window like every other ice cream shop on the planet, and they couldn't. Yeah. That was ridiculous. So there's got to be a way to make it more user-friendly. You know, when I write websites, I do it from the user perspective. When they get there, what do you want them to do, mm-hmm. right? Well, how do you want them to feel when you get right. there? Well, if what does the user want to do? The user wants to sit down and at a restaurant. They want to walk up to a window to get an ice cream. They want to sit under a tree and eat the ice cream. Those are the kinds of user experiences that you can incorporate into a code and expand what's there. Mm-hmm. And then it turned into a village burger window. Yeah. <laughs> you get your burger. <laughs> and a whole deck out front. Yeah. A nice mm-hmm. deck and everything. Yeah, that's a different owner, though. That's not Regency. That's across the street. Okay, right. That's when, the, There's Regency, the 800-pound gorilla, and then all those little parcels that are up by the streets, those are separate, separately on parcels. So you've got a couple of dozen owners involved. Well, and I feel like those are the ones that need to, to be allowed to change. You know, you're, you're not going to tear down all that stuff that Dunwoody Tavern is attached to. But the right. ones out front, yeah, sure. You know, let's do a little something different. Spice it up, you know. A little like, Apple store, all glass. I think just pulling everything to the street <laughs> would make a huge difference. I mean, yeah. And I don't want to, like... It like, sounds great, but you got to pay the, for it. Yeah, and it's not, I mean, it's, moola, moola, it's not done with either. Moola, it's Regency, moola. you know. Yeah. So they don't want to pay for it. Well, it's and not think, think about Briars North. You want, And I brought this up when we had small groups with the architect that they brought in. Uh, I use Briars North as an example. You walk through there, there's about 60, 62 homes in that small subdivision, there are four floor plans. Yeah. Really? Four. But they're what neat. is that style they're called, cool. anyway? Uh, Victoria. Like New Orleans? Or like... It's uh, Victorian, Queen Anne. I call it the bastard stepchildren of painted ladies. Okay. And because they're... Well, very colorful. Water built. Exactly. I love them. And there's only four floor plans. That's funny. And 
so you have the consistency of the design. Now there's slight variations, like you have mirror images, some are scaled up or down, uh, size of the lot can be different. There's architectural windows like cat's eyes or eyebrows or th things like that around. And everybody goes a little hog wild with their colors. People look at you funny if you paint your house a dull color in that neighborhood. But there's no question when you walk up to that neighborhood that everything belongs together in mm -hmm. spite of that explosion of color like Sherwin-Williams exploded. But when you get to know the architecture of each of the houses, there's only like a couple, four, okay, I lied, maybe five plants. Mm -hmm. So you have the consistency, you have the variety, and it all works yeah so it is possible it's been done before yeah and that's where we're going to cut it off uh make sure you check back next week for adrian duncan and our discussion on home-based businesses in dunwoody